Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Inspired Table Podcast. I am so excited to bring today's episode to you with the beautiful Holly Azapati. Holly is a holistic wellness coach turned intuitive writer and speaker with a focus on mind, body and soul well-being. But the most incredible thing about Holly is her authenticity. She has just got the most beautiful soul and it shines out through her voice in this podcast, but all over her social accounts as well. If you don't follow this girl on Instagram, I highly suggest you do. And another little tidbit of information is that Holly just got married this week. So I want to send out a huge congratulations to you, girl. You looked beautiful in your wedding photos. And for everyone else, I hope you enjoy this episode with the beautiful Holly as a party. Holly as a party and I'm a holistic wellness coach although not really anymore and I guess that's the whole purpose of this chat yeah uh, so the past two years I have been uh, coaching my clients one-on-one in mind body and soul well-being so I'm absolutely not focused on just the food we eat and the exercise that we do which I know is the focus of a lot of other coaches in the industry um, for me I found early on when I started practicing as a coach that holistically we need we to be our, our most optimum vital most energized best healthiest versions of ourselves the mind and our soul really must play a role as much as the body uh, and so for the last two years that's what I've been I've been coaching my clients on both one-on-one and in workshops and I write a fair bit and I speak so I kind of dabble in in all sorts of fun things beautiful and when did you like when do you think that you realized that the body stuff was more about sorry was less about what we eat and how much we move and was more of a holistic um, mm-hmm. kind of approach it was a reflection I had maybe 18 months ago. So I, I had already started my business, but I was I was reflecting on the time in my life where I was most physically unwell. So um, I have a history of severe adrenal fatigue, leaky gut, parasites, psoriasis, which is an autoimmune condition, and a host of other challenges, including daily panic attacks. When I was at my rock bottom, I was having um, panic attacks daily, and I was diagnosed with depression as well. And the irony of that time in my life, while physically and mentally I felt my worst, on the surface level, my body actually looked its, and I'm doing inverted commas here, its best by, I guess, societal standards. So mm-hmm. I had been training extra hard at that time, um, hence the burnout, really. I was, I was putting my body through all sorts of stressful training regimes and, and weighing everything that I ate, and I was weighing myself twice a day, and... I weighed less than I had in years and years. I had minimal body fat percentage. I had the abs and a thigh gap, but I was really actually at my most unwell. And the penny dropped for me there when I was on my healing journey. And I was starting to feel mentally well and physically much more energized and able to get out of bed in the morning. And I had put on weight. And it was like, oh, hang on a second. Body isn't the only dictator of of what, what determines a healthy person. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think also on top of all of that, the obsession and the stress that comes with trying to keep yourself at societal standards of a healthy, inverted commas, body weight can really start to disrupt people's health long term, can't it? Absolutely. And you're right. It was this obsession. And I I do have generalized anxiety disorder. I've had it since I was probably, you know, I remember my first panic attack at six years old. Um, So I am that type A perfectionist personality. And when when I latch onto something and become quite obsessive with it, it actually isn't for my benefit. And so for me, it was, yes, I must be my healthiest, like physically fittest, um, you know, able to lift the heaviest weights and eating the cleanest. But the stress that it put on my mind and my soul and my body, truth be told, it just led to a real health undoing for me. It's funny, isn't it? I feel like there's um, a wave of people who are coming to this realization and it's really beautiful. But for me, I feel like we need to start catching people before they have to go through all of this to have the realization. It's like you don't want to have to hit rock bottom and tear yourself apart before you realize that you never had to. This is exactly what I say to so many of my clients and even when I, I give, I, I speak a lot about mental health now and I say the frustrating thing about my story is everything in my rock bottom was entirely avoidable, entirely avoidable. You do not have to hit rock bottom to pick yourself back up again. You can start today and I, you know, knowing what I know now, I hope to never reach that point again because truth be told, it was the hardest most challenging time of my life. It was really, really hard. And I know that people can look at me now and think, oh, but she's so bright and bubbly and healthy and energized. But I gotta tell you, in those moments, it was probably three years ago now, there were days I didn't wanna leave my bedroom because I was just too scared of life. And that's not a way to live at all. No, no. Okay, so things are starting to evolve for you though, work-wise. So can you talk to us a little bit about what's sort of emerging for you and then um, I'll explain why I wanted to get you on the podcast to have a chat about it. Of course, yeah. So the way that I'm heading at the moment and what's emerging for me is that I have been this coach for the last two years working one-on-one with my clients, which has been incredibly rewarding both for myself and for my clients. I've, I've seen amazing transformative change in their lives. However, there's been this little niggle in the background for me and a number of events and things have occurred in my in my career to this point where I recognize that there's more to to what I'm meant to be offering in the world than just straight coaching. And I don't want to say just straight coaching and that um, coaching isn't important because it is, but I also realize now that I'm actually not here to be a coach. Uh, and all of these little signs and experiences have led me to this realization. And truth be told, I'm still in transition. Uh, however, come... Come April, when I'm giving myself March off, I'm getting married in March. Oh, but come, yes, exciting. <laughs> but come April, I'm not going to be offering services as a coach anymore. I'm going to be offering services services as an intuitive, which is very different. <laughs> it is so very different. So let's talk about it. What does yeah. what does being an intuitive mean? It's really interesting because I am in this transitional moment. It's like, how do I want to explain myself? How do I want to describe myself? And I've started offering my readings, um, so intuitive readings, just at at a general level. I haven't actively marketed it, but I received a really nice inquiry via my website last night. And it said, hi, Holly, I was talking to my friends about wanting to see a clairvoyant and I heard you were best in the biz. Can I come see you? And I was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) spreading that I'm a psychic. Wow. And I guess there's being in this transitional moment of I don't know what I'm going to end up calling myself, but in terms of how I do what I do as an intuitive, I really am just tapping into that inner knowing that we all have access to. Uh, However, I've realized in my sessions with my clients, I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm an empath. And I can take on a lot of physical things. I can see things and hear things and feel things that are actually going to add such a deeper level of guidance and wisdom and support to these people that are seeking just that. The, the people that are reaching out for coaching sessions are seeking guidance. They are seeking inspiration. They're seeking help. And if I can tap into 
intuition, then I'm offering them a level of, of guidance and support that you just can't offer in coaching. Mm, I love it. And I'm glad you raised this um this email that you got about um, being a clairvoyant or asking you if you were a clairvoyant because I've had this come up quite a bit lately with some of my friends who have gone to see psychics and the Mm. psychic will tell them something and leave them with it and then Mm. they they come home and they're like oh my god I heard this about my future and what does this mean I'm gonna have to change this and this and what am I gonna do when that happens and and I'm like whoa calm your farm Yes, you know, exactly. like, and I feel like there's a responsibility. Oh, yes, yes. That when, and, and you know, all psychics are different. I, I think my psychic calls herself a, an emotional psychic counselor. So she will tell you something, and she'll take you on the journey there, and she'll make sure that you're, you know, feeling okay about the situation and how you're going to deal with it when it happens and how. What are some part? What are some steps you can take to get there? And it's sort of like this journey, which sort of sounds like the kind of offering that maybe will be emerging from you. This sort of like intuitive support and guidance. It resonates so strongly with me, Geordie. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I I actually had this experience. Um, one of my best friends went and saw a psychic a couple of weeks ago, and I said to her afterwards, "I'm like, babe, just come and see me. I'll I'll give you what you need." Mm-hmm. Um, but she did, and and I love my psychics as well. I, I see them frequently. But she went and saw this psychic who told her these things, and then she started thinking, "Oh, I've got to change the way I'm doing this. I've got to got to go in and and look for a new job or do this or do that." And it's like, no, let's rein it in a second. Let's just focus on the emotion and how you're feeling right now, and offer some gentle guidance. And at the end of the day, we all have choice, you know. If I'm reading for a person and then they walk out and they make a decision that can alter the rest of their life, that reading's not going to be relevant anymore, you know. Mm. So it's, it's not just about come to me and I'm going to tell you your future. It's really about tapping into what's going on with you right now at an emotional level, at a physical level. Let's tap, really tune in and go, where can we make some really powerful changes, really positive changes in your life? Uh, that's what I'm interested in. I'm, I'm less interested in the, the party trick of predicting people's future, unless that will truly serve them. It's more about where you're at right now, how can we create inspired and powerful change for you? Yeah, beautiful. So is there a particular um, type, inverted commas, um, Mm. of person that that you are looking to work with or in a particular field or something that they're working on? Like is there some sort of area that you feel uh, a little bit more called to? It's a really fascinating question, Geordie. It's like we're doing like a little bit of a session on my business right now. I know, sorry. apologize it's great it's great I guess in the past with my coaching the type of client that would be drawn to me were clients with anxiety with body image challenges with self-doubt and self-worth issues that I could then help because I guess they resonated with my story Mm. however I and I'm looking at the time it's 222 when I'm saying this so I know that there's something in it Um, the way that I see this heading is I'm actually going to be attracting how, how do I want to phrase it? A client that is spiritually in tune and aware enough to know that the guidance that I'm giving them isn't actually gospel and also people, and I, I want to say men or women, so neither gender, I, I, you know, I'm happy to work with both, but people who are ready to make empowered choices in their lives because as an intuitive I'm no longer a coach. I'm not there to handhold you through the challenges you're experiencing, yeah? For me, I want to be giving you the reading and then you go off and do the work mm. and and not need to be held to account because I found that, that my experience as a coach, I almost stepped into an enabling role, which is is something that I'm working on in my own personal life, but I know that I wasn't serving my clients at the level that they actually they actually didn't need me as much as they thought that they did mm. and I feel that that was my my own doing because I was enabling a lot of the, the victim behavior or the I need you to help me get through this and what I'm seeing in terms of the people that I'll be attracting for my readings are people that go, 
I know I've got the work to do. I'm doing work on myself. I just need this gentle push in the right direction, some guidance to let me know that I'm on the right track and a steer on the right path. And that's the role that I see me playing and the kind of new client that I'll be attracting. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. I love the idea of empowering people to empower themselves you know like we can't fix people as mentors or coaches that's not our role our role is to wake people up almost I always think of it as like shaking them awake and it's like okay you're awake now now go do your thing that's (laughs) exactly you like I'm sending you out now and and you can do this on your own I've always said my role as a coach is to make myself redundant I you know I don't need someone to be coming and seeing me year after year after year if they're doing that I haven't done my job Mm. you know my role is to to empower you to do these things yourself and it lights me up when I see my clients out there and doing just that it it just brings me so much joy so I feel this transition into intuitive is just that that next level of going you've really got this and I you know I trust that you've got this and you should trust that you've got this yeah beautiful so let's talk about um your um journey with intuition i guess and how you sort of came to the realization that perhaps you do have a gift that you might like to share what did, i mean did it start at a very young age or was it something you sort of grew into what what was the journey behind that it's been a really interesting one geordie so as a child i've always i've been a little hippie child so mm. i've always connected with crystals and angel cards and frolicking in nature I had a little club with my um, girlfriends in primary school it was called the bush club and we go for bush walks with our parents um, but we were, we were very much these just at a soul level it was always the things that I gravitated towards making flower crowns and selling them to my parents and their friends and so at an innate level yeah that's been intuition and just soul just soul has always been a part of my life uh, and I've always felt I think I saw my first psychic when I was 15 and since then I've sought out guidance and, and yeah, intuitive guidance and psychic connection and, you know, working out how things work and, and energy and all of this sort of thing. But I really did lose it when I studied and when I was growing up. You know, I think we all do. We forget the things that as a child made us happy. And so I went through this phase in in young adulthood where I forgot that soul part of myself. And it wasn't until stepping into coaching again where I I found all these lost parts of myself. I found my soul again. And it, it got to the point where actually I was meditating a fair bit and I started to get quite scared because I was getting visions and feelings of things that were going to happen and then they'd happen. And I, I I can't even pinpoint particular things, but even things like um, car accidents and oh. those sorts of things. And it was really challenging for me to determine what was my anxiety and what was fueled by fear and what was intuition because at the time I hadn't really had my anxiety under control to a point where I could go, oh, that's pure fear and this is pure love and intuition, as we know, it's, it's fueled by love. Uh, and so I, I went to a... Oh, this is a really cool story. So I asked <laughs> yes. that. I was like, here's what I'm This is really fun. You guys are going to love it. <laughs> so I went overseas with my partner. This was uh, almost two years ago now. I asked my dad at the time to go into the spiritual development section at Dimix and just buy me a heap of books. This was for Christmas. And the two books I took to Europe with me were by a woman named Nanta Ensom. And she's a, a light worker. She's a theater healer. She's a psychic and a medium. And I so I read these two books while I was in Europe. And I really connected with her story of just being able to feel things and not quite understand why. And her, her words were speaking to me so much so that I went, I'm going to just look up this woman. I don't know if she's Australian or not. But if I can, you know, get to her, I want a reading with her. Well, as luck had it, not only was she Australian, but she was based in Sydney, and in fact, she was practicing about three streets away from where I was living at the time. Yeah, wow. So I went and saw her, and this was in September of 2016, and in the reading, it did come up that I I must meditate, I need to meditate, and I was saying, Nanta, meditation scares me, because I get these feelings that I can't quite explain, and she said, all right, come come to one of my meditation circles. And so I did, and there were five of us in the room, myself included, and she guided us into this meditation. And during the meditation, I just, I've never dropped into that that depth before where my hands are actually profusely sweating, which I know now is a sign of being a healer. And 
as we went around the circle and explained our experience, the woman next to me started talking and I just burst into tears. I could not stop crying. And they stopped and said, Holly, you're right. And I said, oh, no, I'm actually crying for you. I just feel that you've been through a lot and, and these are your tears. And then she started crying and Nanta pulled me aside at the end and said, Holly, you've got a real gift here. Uh, that doesn't come as easily to most people. Uh, it's worth you doing something about it. Mm. And so naturally... Yeah. That scared me and I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally I walked off in the other direction. <laughs> I went, oh, that's all good and really crazy and no thank you. Uh, and it wasn't until I started taking on some serious physical ailments in my one-on-one -on -one client coaching sessions and I realized that, oh, gosh, I'm channeling here. I'm channeling chakra blockages. Uh, the, the universe was going, Holly, you, this is going to happen for you regardless, so it's better if you play along. Mm. Um and I'm talking things like I had a client, I was unaware of this at the time, but she had just come out of PCOS surgery. The day before she came to see me, I was so doubled over in pain and I, I've never experienced painful periods in my life, but that's what it, it felt like. My ovaries were exploding. I had to lie down for the day. I had to cancel my clients. And the next day I saw her and the pain just disappeared as soon as she sat opposite me. And so we got to work on her sacral chakra. Uh, I've had migraines of clients who have blocked crowns. I've even woke up one morning limping around the house with a really sore ankle and I'm sitting on the edge of my bed going, oh gosh, what am I going to ask this client? She got a sore foot. But that's exactly what I did and yes, she did. And the guidance that came through was she needed to go and get acupuncture. And so she did and her foot healed. So this was enough of an experience for me to go, I'm channeling the physical stuff without even intending to like and I'm not protecting my energy here I need to do something about this and I actually need to take it seriously because the guidance is helping them but I I can't risk burning myself out in the process and that's what I was most scared of at the time yeah and I think that's quite a common thing for um people who are working in this space whether they call themselves healers or intuitives or whatever it is when you are taking on other people's energy and I even feel this at lunar night sometimes if I don't do a proper boundaries um energetic clearing before I start is you take on everybody else's vibration and if you don't know what to do with it it can start to damage your health after a while this is exactly what was happening happening to me because I kind of was practicing like little random white light meditations, but no one had taught me. And at the time, I was too stubborn to reach out and ask for guidance. Mm. And it was actually quite an intense experience where I saw two clients back to back with really deep, deep sacral blockages, like um, abuse from men and just awful, awful things that have ha had happened to both of them. Now, at the time, I was going into these sessions without doing any kind of protection over myself and when the sessions were over I wasn't doing anything to fix myself so yeah. I was just stepping in and out of these sessions and I had these two back-to-back -back awful sacral um, clearings and headed off to bed with my partner we've been together 10 years and it was the first night with him where I couldn't have him touch me I couldn't have him near me and I, I was like in a, in a real emotional state of like I can't have you touch me. Like I feel really uh, like you're you're dangerous to me, mm. and I felt traumatized at that moment because my poor partner he had no idea what was going on. But the penny dropped enough for me to go right. I've taken on these two intense energies. I haven't done anything to clear them, and now it's become my reality. Not okay. I need to do something about this. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's, I mean, there's just no longevity in that, is there? Absolutely not. No. Okay. <laughs> so tell me then, and, and I'm, and I'm going to ask this question from a business perspective and then we can talk about the Holly perspective of it. But from a business perspective, it's a big freaking deal <laughs> to wake up one day and one day could mean over a period of time, but to wake up and go, you know what, I'm going to have to flip all of this business stuff around how the hell am I going to do that? Is it going to work? What sort of stuff was coming up for you at that stage? Uh, yeah, great question. From a business perspective, this is why I put it off for so long because truth be told, I've been having this inkling for probably eight months now uh, and I've been doing, I stu I've studied light work from the beginning of last year. So I've, I've got the knowledge behind me now. I've got that foundational knowledge about light work and energy work and healing. Uh, but still, have you know, 
it, it's that fear and doubt in your head that goes, people aren't going to take this seriously. You've, you've already spent two years really working on, on being a coach. And truth be told, I'm in a very comfortable position with my coaching business. My sessions sell out. My, my calendar is full. Financially, things are great. Business is at a very, very good level. So it's not like I need to pivot because business isn't going well. Mm. It is. And that's been the biggest challenge for me to go, yeah, but I keep getting pulled in this direction. And as much as it doesn't make a much sense to, I think, a lot of people watching what I'm doing, um, it makes complete sense to me because I'm at such a point with intuition now that even though business-wise, on the surface, it might not make sense that I'm kind of totally pivoting away from the foundations I've built for the last two years at a personal level it's like I just have to trust this because every time intuition steered me somewhere it's been for my highest good so I understand yeah at a business level and at at fear level it's like this makes no sense I'm going to lose all my clients people aren't going to take me seriously anymore I'm going to have to start from the ground up again what am I even doing uh but then there's that niggle of intuition going just do it just go do it just do it (laughs) Yeah, and you can't you can't ignore it. It's so funny. I try and when you try and explain intuition to people, it's like it's it's like how how can you not know that it is your inner guidance that's telling you that? But how do you know how how you know that it's it's that and it's not your anxieties? And it's like that niggle is so strong and so profound mm-hmm. that you just know. Mm, it's yeah. it's it's like this deep like. It's almost like a calm feeling. It's the mm. it's the total opposite of anxiety. Absolutely. It's like you know, for an anxious person saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna totally change the business I've built for the last two years. It's doing really well, and step into this realm that have no idea if it's gonna work or not." To the anxious mind, that is scary. Yeah, that's enough to send you into a spiral. But I'm not feeling anxious about it at all because I just know there's this deep, grounded centeredness in me that's. This is the right decision, and I totally trust it. I, I yeah. really do. I love it so much. I mean, the reason I wanted to get you on today to talk about this, Holly, is because, you know, it's really resonated with me. I've done a very similar thing with my business in the last few months, and it. I kind of, I guess I've done it a little bit slower than you have, the transition over, but to step away almost fully from the food side of my business and the recipe development side of it and really step into the manifestation piece um, took a lot of courage for me because it was all the money was coming from, you know, recipe dev. And I thought, how do you explain to people how you were doing this one day and now you do this, you know, and it, for me, it was the same. It was this intense surety and calmness that this was the only option. There was no other yes. path, you know? And it, it's ex- I yeah. love that example. Sorry, Chicky, but I just love it so much because it's exactly been my, ex- my experience too. It's, it's almost this shedding of, of getting anything that is not the forefront of this new vision now. It's like, yeah. um, you know, I, I used to do essential oil circles and while I still use oils and love them, I'm just, that's taking a backseat now because it has to. Um, similarly, I, I did offer just plain straight oracle readings, but I can't do oracle readings anymore. It must just be intuitive readings. And these are all the things that, that have given me money, financial security over the last two years, but this just makes perfect sense. <laughs> mm. And it is, it's a, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I've also suffered from anxiety. And when you're doing mm. this kind of transition, it's usually when the anxiety would be at its peak because there is so much um, that's unknown about the future, which is anxiety's friend, the unknown. But when you when you really tap into that truth within yourself and that authentic flow that people talk about, which is what mm-hmm. this is for me, I feel that's what it is for you too. The anxiety just dissipates. It just disappears. It's it's so it's it's just so beautifully like comforting. Mm. And the things that I get anxious about are just minuscule nothing things, truly. When it comes to the big life decisions, now that I've got such a connection with my intuition, I just sit with it and go, right, this is what I'm gonna do. And on paper it doesn't make sense. I get it. I get that when people hear that I'm an intuitive, there are gonna be people questioning that 
you know, all over the world, they're going to be going, oh, God, she's lost it. But I just, I'm, I'm even at a point now where I don't care. I do, and that's a big thing for me too yeah. is caring about what other people might say or think. A year ago, I would absolutely care. A year ago, it would be kind of a little bit, you know, I would feel a little bit silly saying that I use my crystals and oracle, but I just know right now that that's what I'm here to do. And if someone doesn't get that or resonate with that, that is so okay. It's actually okay. I'm not taking it personally at all. No. Do you think that, do you think there's a big kind of like self-love, self-worth, self-trust piece behind really being able to step into something like this? Oh, great question. Yes. I hadn't given that much thought until you just asked it then, Geordie. And absolutely, because truth be told, over the last three years, all all of my spare energy and time has been invested back in self-worth, self-love, personal development, reading the books, listening to the podcast, going to the workshops. I work on myself so hard every day. And I am at the point now where I can sit really comfortably with the person that I am and the things that I do in the world. And so, I, yeah, I, I'm a, a recovered people pleaser, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm living for me first and foremost, not even for my partner first or my family first. It has to be me first and not in a selfish way but in a self-love way. And I think when you are living your life from that place, then every decision comes from a place of love so you can totally trust that every decision you make is going to serve your highest good. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, I talk about this a lot with manifestation. I think when we are not in a space of self-love and we have very low self-worth, there's so much energy that's wasted staring Mm. at your thighs 15 times in the mirror every day, not feeling like you're worthy enough, not feeling like you're deserving enough. There's so much energy that goes into that that it completely closes up any space for messages guidance creation to come through that's actually such a good point and Mm. something that i reflect on a lot when i see my clients when i when i was or kind of still am coaching and they have their first couple of sessions with me almost always i'd say 80 percent of the time i get a splitting headache and that alerts me straight to blockages in the crown chakra and when a client comes and sees me for their um, first or second session, it is because their self-worth is at an all-time low. So it makes total sense that vibrationally and energetically there is this fog around their head and, and around their connection to source and intuition, and even even at a solar plexus level because we have our gut instinct. But if that's clouded, if there's a blockage there, we're not going to be getting that guidance as clearly as we can possibly. Do you – Let's can we talk about the solar plexus for a minute? Because yes. I feel like <laughs> – I feel like um, the majority of the Western world is walking around with a really either undernourished solar plexus or completely overactive solar plexus. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I feel like there's so much work to do on this energy center that sits right in our gut and we're really kind of failing in the Western world right now. I agree. I agree. And the solar plexus has been my my biggest challenge in terms of personal chakra points. Mm. Um, it's solar plexus and sacral. It, it dances between the two for me. And I think, yeah, the, the solar plexus can be so such a confusing one to, to grasp because obviously it houses our inner light and our ability to shine and really step into our truth and, and be our true selves in the world, yeah? And just it's our inner sun. But I love that you said that there are people with overactive solar plexus, so I'm almost assuming that that, that's referring to almost the narcissists of the world. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the self-righteous and, you know, that end of the spectrum. And then we've got the other end of the spectrum, which is the closed off, I'm not good enough, I don't want people to see me shine, almost this tall poppy syndrome that then manifests as gut issues and every second person that I speak to has some kind of gut issue. Mm. Uh, And, yeah, we walk around with our shoulders hunched and covering our stomachs when we speak because we're not 100% standing in our truth. And it's interesting because we can all pinpoint the narcissists and the people with the overactive solar plexus chakras and then we can also pinpoint the people who have the low are dimming their light or have the low self-confidence and self-worth because they're both very common personas but what about the people who have a beautiful balanced solar plexus chakra where are they and can we pinpoint them they're hard to find yeah 
Yeah. So what do you think someone with a really balanced solar plexus is perhaps doing and looking like in life? I feel that a person with a really balanced solar plexus speaks their truth but speaks it in a way that's very loving and gentle and not from a way of, you know, those people that have, you know, firm beliefs and they have their truth and they're very, they've got, they speak with conviction uh, and they're very certain about, you know, why they're here and what they're doing with their life, but they don't ram it down your throat, mm. you know. They'll offer up their perspective if it's asked and they'll also be open to hearing other people's stories and perspectives. And it's it's almost this openness. I keep coming back to the word open, open. And I think that that's what it is because when you're shining your light and stepping into it, you really are allowing yourself to blossom, to unfold, to open. Uh, so that's what I'm going to – that's what I, I reckon, Geordie. I think it's the open people, the, yeah. the people who are really, really shining in the world. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think you can tell when someone is – um, stepping into their personal power from a really authentic place and when they're not, it's got a different resonance to it. It, it carries a different vibration. And I, I love that you use the word authenticity or, or romanticness because what I have found in, in showing up and being, because authenticity is like my number one value, I, you will always, what you see is what you get. I will always be 100% holy on any given day with any given person in any given situation. And I just feel that that's what we're missing a lot of the time is we show up as these people that we think we should be or these people that we think, you know, we think we should look that way or we think we should act that way or we think we should sound that way. It's like, no, 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 let's strip back the shoulds and just get back in touch with what do you want? How are you at a soul level? And that authenticity, I think, is the the differentiator between someone with a balanced solar plexus and someone who doesn't necessarily have one. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to say, Holly, you know, you really are the embodiment of authenticity like you really are it radiates out of every cell in your body it's so beautiful to watch and especially on social media because you know social media can just be a graveyard for people with big egos and um it's just it's just so refreshing to see you beaming you you know being holly it's so Honestly, it's so beautiful. I love it. I love, oh, love, love it. I love it. Oh, my, thank you. I appreciate that feedback so much. And you know what, Geordie? It's the number one compliment I get, my authenticity. Mm. And it has nothing to do with what my body looks like, what my face looks like, what my hair's doing that day, even what message I'm conveying. It actually is all irrelevant because I'm just showing up and being me. And that's what people are missing. So thank you very much for that feedback. It means a lot. But it's the most, I feel like it is the most beautiful way that you can show up. And that's why it gets so frustrating. And it must have been frustrating for you as a health coach to see this self-obsession with this body that is just a shell and that doesn't actually bring true beauty to you. There's been a real, we've got a long way to go, I feel, Mm. in culture in separating body mind and soul and body because we are so visual it's what we see so it's what we define as a standard of beauty as a standard of worth and true it's funny speaking this out with you now we're not funny but really interesting in that I'm really connecting with that idea that I guess one of my things here on on um, in this lifetime is to teach that there is beauty and worth that are totally nothing to do with your physicality, like nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think of the most beautiful and inspiring people in my world, in my life. And and you think of like, you think of the, the friends that you have and the people that you have in your life. Are you connecting with them because they physically look attractive or are you connecting with them at, for a deeper level? And every time it's for that deeper level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wish... I wish we could just like go into schools and teach this to people. I feel like there's just not an education piece around it with young women. And, you know, I feel like I was – how old are you, Holly? I'm 28. Okay. So maybe you're a little bit later. I've got about five years on you. But I feel like I was one of the last generations to get through school without Facebook. So Facebook came out just about a year after I left school. And I just think about about what it would have been like to have social media at school, especially Instagram. I don't think I would have survived. I don't think I would have gotten through it. I thought women's magazines were bad enough, but it's just like it's next level now. 
it's always available. It's always there. It, it does make me nervy to have daughters. Um, yeah. And I, I think right getting into schools, it needs to be a priority. And almost like lessons on social media and the digital space and owning your worth and light and, you know, selfies and all of that sort of thing. Mm. I, yeah, I had I had the most incredible time at school. I loved school, and I I do I think a lot of the a lot of that comes down to the fact that we weren't hyper connected. We weren't looking at what you know what pose the person in the classroom next to us was doing at on a lunch break. It's just it's just allowed a platform for I guess more hyper criticism around our physical appearance appearance mm. and also things we're doing the people we're hanging out with and you know it's a highlights reel for the most part for most people it is a highlights reel so the other thing I see is this comparison which just doesn't get us anywhere no oh comparison I can't even get started on that could do a whole oh. podcast on comparison um <laughs> but but speaking of kids at school the other thing that I think about all the time so you and I were quite lucky I think because our gifts inverted commas were probably nurtured quite a little bit growing up was your family quite sort of open to conversation around maybe feeling into things and having like a sentient kind of gift was that yeah absolutely yes got very intuitive women on both sides of my family and um, my mum as well so it's it's been very me okay yeah me too and so it was always a welcome thing for me and and mum would would nurture it as I grew up so I could talk about it as I was growing up but I always think you know I think there's a whole range of young men and women who are coming into these gifts and they don't know what they are they don't know how to express it it could be quite scary like you mm-hmm. said before, when you're in meditation and you would really like feel stuff and you were like, holy shit, what is this? Wouldn't yeah. it be nice for it to be like an open conversation and something that people can be aware that they might have from a really young age? I feel like we're still a really long way away from that. Mm, and I love that you went there, Geordie, because this is my newfound purpose and mission right now. Oh. <laughs> Such like solar plexus conviction. <laughs> but it's, it's I, I do want to bring a sense of normalcy to this kind of work mm. because I think that it's it's just, it's so old, people rolling their eyes and going, oh, I don't believe in it. It's like, what don't you believe in? Because you've got it too. Your intuition, your gut feeling, the vibes you're getting from people, there's science behind all this stuff, guys. Like, it's not a matter of whether you believe or not. And I feel if we could just break down those barriers, and I, I think a lot of the time people have a stereotype in mind by the type of person that does the type of work in the world that we do. And God, is it my mission to break that stereotype down and just go, you, there is normalcy in the work that we do. It isn't too far, like, you know, crazy or woo no. There's a place for it. it. It's kind of one of the most ancient bloody careers you could have (laughs) absolutely and it's just it's just energy it's just reading energy and everything is energy this is it and and people are are funny about even um asking for a skype reading from me Mm. they're like oh can you read me via skype it's like it's energy yeah like you think of a phone call you have with a person you're not seeing them Mm. you can tell if they're in a, a good headspace, a bad headspace, you you already know their energy, and this is just an extension of that. There's nothing um, there's nothing too crazy about it. So, do you have any advice for people then who maybe are listening to this podcast and are like, oh, I can I can relate to some of the things that Holly's saying? Like, what do you think's a good way for them to be able to explore it a little bit more? Uh, my favorite thing, and I, I feel that you're about this too, Geordie, is journaling mm. uh, and really getting down onto paper what it is that you're sensing and picking up. Like start to practice. If you get a little intuitive niggle and it's just that, you know, that gut feeling about something or that, that you know, tuning in and going. And you can even ask questions. How I started doing this a few years ago is I'd take to my journal every morning and just write, what does intuition want me to t- want to tell me today? And then I'd free write and just see what comes up. Mm. And it might be a couple of sentences. It might be a full page. But when when you give your soul the the space to do some of the talking, because a lot of the time it's from our mind, you'll be blown away by the answers that you've actually had in you all the time. 
It's just about giving yourself the space to tune in. And I guess an extension of that also is why we love Oracle because the cards, when you start using the cards and asking questions and, and tuning in yourself and feeling what the cards are expressing to you, you are your best project in this regard in terms of using intuition for yourself first. So use the cards for yourself. Use the journaling for yourself and you will start to get a much clearer connection with that intuition just from doing those two things, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what's your, I mean, do you think that everybody is born with the same level of intuition and it's just that some people um, have a better access to it? Or do you think that some people maybe are a little bit more open? Like, I mean, what, what, do, you th- what do you think determines whether somebody can tap into their intuition and psychic abilities? I feel that in terms of intuition, we all have access to it. We all have that innate ability and inner knowing and that the people who practice more, much like most things, are going to be find it easier and better to be able to do that. But then I feel that there's an extension on that, which is the the psychic, because uh, for me, I'm, I'm clairsentient, so I feel. Uh, and this was the other confusing thing for me is I thought psychics, like all psychics saw like mm. spirits walking around all the time in front of them. I just, I didn't really get the grasp that my ability as a clairsentient or someone who feels, I don't actually see many things. It's a sense that I get. And I think that level of inner knowing is maybe... A bit more of a gift or a, a, a you know how some people are really good singers and some people are really good <laughs> you know footy players and 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 you know everyone can sing and play footy but the good ones are like the yeah. gifted ones I feel that that's kind of similar with the in- intuition we've all got it we can all use it and then maybe that there and this honestly this is just how I'm feeling at the moment maybe there are those people who it comes a little bit more naturally to um, and I find that for the most part, the people that I know, it's they've got some kind of genetic connection to other people in their life who also had this gift. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that when it's in your lineage, um, it's just that it gets stronger and stronger with each kind of representation of that generational part of the family. Like um, I know we've got a lot of yeah. gypsy blood in my family. And so it yeah. just gets stronger and stronger the further along the line we go. But I still, I still think that everybody does have the ability to tap into it. It's just mm. that we all, like you said, we all can feel it very differently. So I'm also clairsentient, but I've got a lot of friends who are clairaudient and I've never heard anything ever you know when mm. you're sitting in meditation they're like, I heard this no not me didn't hear a thing and I don't I don't see anything either but I do feel it I'm the exact same as you Angel and I didn't even realize until I started picking up on these physical pains of other people and googling and going what is this what is this and clairsentience dropped in and it had all the lists of you know 30 top things if you're clairsentient and I ticked every one I'm like it was like a blindfold came off and everything in life made sense. It's like, oh, okay, so the things that I'm feeling and the inner knowing where I like someone will ask me a question and I'll just know what to tell them, it's not like I'm a freak. (laughs) It's an actual trait that I have Mm. and that's been really, really helpful for Mm, me. I love that. So, Holly, let's. I know you're kind of new to doing it from a business perspective but what would a session with you look like? So I have been practicing with a couple of my current clients and also new people who, when I made the announcement on Instagram, and here's the thing, you trust your intuition. I made the announcement. I decided the night before that I was going to transition to intuitive readings, but I thought I'd do it after April. And then overnight after that Instagram post, I got 30 booking inquiries and people were like, please, can I book in with you now? Yeah, overnight, Geordie. And I'm just like okay, this is this is universe going, good one, Holly, keep going, keep going. So I've been playing a little bit with how they unfold and, and really, who would have thunk, but intuition guides me with each session. So, yeah. uh, so um, a client can come with some pre-prepared questions or they can ask for a more of a general reading and I'll just tune into their energy about 20 minutes before the session and when I tune in, it will, it will guide me to I'll be using cards this session, maybe I'll be using a little bit of crystals with them, uh, maybe I'll just be doing a straight reading just from their energy yeah. and it really does depend on what I pick up uh, and chakras do still play a big role in majority of 
the sessions that I have, I, I can, I, I do channel some kind of blockage, but I guess that that's for the most part, the most intuitives because it's an easy way for us to pinpoint an emotional part that, that needs some work. Mm. Um, so yeah, it really just unfolds organically from there. I've had loved ones who have passed over, come through and, and deliver beautiful messages uh, to clients. I, I, you know, I do the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. I get first names, I get occupations of people it's it's it just kind of all comes out because I'm allowing myself to just have the space and not set any parameters as to what's going to come out of the session yeah beautiful oh my god that sounds so exciting I love it it gives me a lot of joy (laughs) yeah no it's so nice and I think when people are operating from a place of joy then it's a more rewarding um, reading for the client as well Absolutely. I'm getting some beautiful, beautiful testimonials and feedback. In fact, every client I've read for in the last three weeks sends me this long email afterwards just thanking me and that that's another confirmation in that, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right path. I'm trusting this. Yeah, beautiful. So the big question, if somebody wants to have an intuitive reading with you, what should they do? Where should they go? So uh, they can jump on my website, it's hollyasaparty.com and if you jump on the contact page, there's a little booking section there and the other thing you can do is connect with me on Insty and I've got the link in my bio for the most part there as well. Okay, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. um, Yeah, it was so nice to get you on the podcast. Yay, thank you for having me, Chicky Babes. If you enjoyed this week's episode, it's really important that you subscribe to the podcast because as I have said previously, they are not coming out every week anymore. I am just too goddamn busy, Um, but I do want to keep putting these out. So if you want to know when the latest episodes up, it's really important to press that subscribe button on iTunes. And while you're there, I would love you to leave me a rating or review. Until next time, I'm Jordana Levine, wishing you an inspirational week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.